Hello, this is Tim Rittenauer with another episode of the Minnesota Adventist Podcast. I'm foregoing the usual introductory music. I just want to get right into our study. Last time, we were looking at texts from the Old Testament that pertain to the Sabbath. And now we want to look at uh, some texts from the New Testament on the Sabbath. Before I do that, I would like to read from the book Evangelism. There's a chapter in the book entitled Presenting the Law and the Sabbath, and I just want to read the first few paragraphs of that section of the book. The Lord has a special message for his ambassadors to bear. They are to give the people the warning, calling upon them to repair the breach that has been made by the papacy and the law of God. The Sabbath has been made a non-entity, an unessential requirement, which human authority can set aside. The holy day of the Lord has been changed to a common working day. Men have torn down God's memorial, placing a false rest day in its stead. The last message of warning to the world is to lead men to see the importance that God attaches to his law. So plainly is the truth to be presented that no transgressor hearing it shall be excusable in failing to discern the importance of obedience to God's commands. I am instructed to say, gather from the scriptures the proofs that God has sanctified the seventh day, and let these proofs be read before the congregation. Let those who have not heard the truth be shown that all who turn aside from a plain, thus saith the Lord, must suffer the result of their course. In all ages the Sabbath has been made, excuse me, in all ages the Sabbath has been the test of loyalty to God. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever, the Lord declares. The light concerning the binding claims of the law of God is to be presented everywhere. This is to be a deciding question. It will test and prove the world. Again, that's from the book Evangelism, starting on page 225. Now let's get into the scriptures. Again, we're going through the New Testament, and the first one we're looking at is Matthew 12, Verse 8, a verse that I think is familiar to all of us. And it reads, For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. The Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. And that's Matthew 12, verse 8. Our next verse is from Matthew chapter 24, verses 20 and 21. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Again, that's Matthew 24, verses 20 and 21. Our next verse is found in Matthew 28, verse 1. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene, 
and the other Mary, to see the sepulcher. Matthew 28, verse 1. And then some commentary on this verse. Christ rested in the tomb on the Sabbath day, and when holy beings of both heaven and earth were astir on the morning of the first day of the week, he rose from the grave to renew his work of teaching his disciples. But this fact does not consecrate the first day of the week and make it a Sabbath. Jesus, prior to his death, established a memorial of the breaking of his body and the spilling of his blood for the sins of the world in the ordinance of the Lord's Supper, saying, For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. And the repentant believer, who takes the steps required in conversion, commemorates in his baptism the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. He goes down into the water in the likeness of Christ's death and burial. And he is raised out of the water in the likeness of his resurrection, not to take up the old life of sin, but to live a new life in Christ Jesus. And that's from third volume of special, well, SP. It's 3SP, page 204. 3SP, page 204. I looked up SP, that spirit of prophecy, so that last quote was from the spirit of prophecy, volume 3. Now the next verse that we're looking at is in Mark, chapter 2, verses 27 and 28. And he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. Mark two twenty-seven and 28. Our next verse is from Mark chapter 6, chapter six verse 2. And when the Sabbath day was come, this is speaking of Jesus, and when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? And that again is Mark 6, chapter, excuse me, Mark 6, verse 2. Our next verse is Mark chapter 15, verses 42, and I'm also going to read 43 to complete the sentence. This is, uh, the context of this is the day that Jesus died. So, verse 42 and 43. And now, when the even was come, because it was the preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Armamathea, an honorable counselor, which also waited for the kingdom of God, came and went in boldly unto Pilate and craved the body of Jesus. Again, that's Mark 15, verses 42 and 43. Our next verse is Mark 16, verse 1. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome, had brought or bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. I'll read that again. And when the Sabbath 
was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. Mark 16, verse 1. Our next verse is found in Luke chapter 4, verse 16. Speaking of Jesus, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. Luke chapter 4, verse 16. Now we're looking at Luke chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. And he said unto them, That the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. This is Jesus speaking. That the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. In verse 6, And it came to pass also on another Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue and taught. And there was a man whose right hand was withered. Luke 6, verses 5 and 6. And now we're looking at Luke chapter 23, verse 54. And that day was the preparation, and the Sabbath drew on. And again, this is in the context of Jesus' death. And that day was the preparation, and the Sabbath drew on. Luke 23, verse 54. And then just a couple verses later, Luke 23, verse 56. And they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. Luke 23, verse, verse 56. Now we're looking at Acts chapter 13, verse 44. And this is in the context of Paul and Barnabas preaching. It says, And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. I'll read it again. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. So obviously Paul and Barnabas were preaching on the Sabbath. And that's Acts 13, verse 44. And now we're looking at Acts chapter 17, verses 30 and 31. These verses don't refer to the Sabbath, but the compiler, I believe, included them for obvious reasons. Let me just read it. And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. So obviously there are many honest people who love Jesus, who worship on the first day of the week uh, in their ignorance, and, and God in their ignorance will wink at this. But when they truly understand the Sabbath day, then God expects them to obey. Our next verse is in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 4. 
For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. Hebrews 4.4 4. The next verse is Hebrews 4, or excuse me, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. I'm going to read verse 11 here too. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he hath, for he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us, there, let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. And some commentary on those verses. The rest here spoken of is the rest of grace obtained by following the prescription, labor diligently. Those who learn of Jesus, his meekness and lowliness, find rest in the experience of practicing his lessons. It is not in indolence, in selfish ease and pleasure-seeking, that rest is obtained. Those who are unwilling to give the Lord faithful, earnest, loving service will not find spiritual rest in this life or in the life to come. Only from earnest labor comes peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, happiness on earth, and glory hereafter. Let us therefore labor, speak often words that will be a strength and an inspiration to those who hear. We are altogether too indifferent in regard to one another. We forget that our fellow laborers are often in need of words of hope and cheer. When one is in trouble, call upon him and speak comforting words to him. This is true friendship. That's from Manuscript, Volume 42, 1901. MS 42, 1901. Our final verse today will be from Revelation chapter 1, verse 10. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and heard behind me a great voice, as of a trumpet. Revelation 1.10. And now some commentary. It was after John had grown old in the service of the Lord that he was exiled to Patmos, and on that lonely isle, he received more communications from heaven than he had received during the rest of his lifetime. Christ's aged representative was exiled that his testimony might no longer be heard, for it was a living power on the side, uh, side of right. But though separated from his brethren, he was visited by Christ, whom he had not seen since the ascension. And though both of these quotes are from Review and Herald, the first one from July 26, 1906, the second from May 16, 1899. And here's some more commentary. The hand of persecution falls heavily on the apostle. He is banished to the Isle of Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. He writes, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, 
he was filled with unspeakable joy, for heaven seemed open before him. In clear, distinct tones a voice spoke to him, saying, I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. Turning, he beheld his master, with whom he had walked and talked in Judea, on whose breast he had leaned. But, oh, how changed is his appearance! John had seen him clothed in an old purple robe and crowned with thorns. Now he is clothed with a raiment of heavenly brightness and girt about with a golden girdle. Writing of his appearance, John says, His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, and his feet like unto the fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. God's plan for the future ages was revealed to John. The glories of heaven were opened before his enraptured vision. He saw the throne of God and heard the anthems of joy resounding through the heavenly courts. As we read his description of what he saw in his vision, we long to stand with the redeemed in the presence of God. Half a century had passed since Jesus ascended to present his church before God and to prepare mansions for his faithful ones. He still loved his people, for he came to his aged servant to reveal to him God's plans for the future. On the rugged, desolate island, John was left alone with God and his faith. Here among the rocks and cliffs, he held communion with his maker. He reviewed his past life, and at the thought of the blessings he had received at the hand of God, peace filled his heart. He had lived the life of a Christian, and he could say in faith, It is well with my soul. Not so the emperor who had banished him. He could look back only on fields of warfare and carnage, on desolate homes and weeping widows and orphans. The result of his ambitious desire for preeminence. And that's from Manuscript 99, year 1902. And now some further commentary from Youth Instructors, April 5th, 1900. The Sabbath which God had instituted in Eden was as precious to John on the lonely isle as when he was with his companions in the cities and towns. The precious promises that Christ had given regarding this day he repeated and claimed as his own. It was the sign to him that God was his. On the Sabbath day, the risen Savior made his presence known to John. The persecution of John became a means of grace. Patmos was made resplendent with the glory of a risen Savior. John had seen Christ in human form, with the marks of the nails, which will ever be his glory, in his hands and in his feet. Now he was permitted again to behold his risen Lord, clothed which as much glory 
as a hum, human being could behold and live. What a Sabbath was that to the lonely exile, always precious in the sight of Christ, but now more than ever exalted. Never had he learned so much of Jesus. Never had he heard such exalted truth. Again, that's from Youth Instructor, April 5, 1900. And so that finishes uh, the Sabbath verses on the New Testament, but there is another section in this book called Sabbath Keeping, and just for completeness, I think we'll go through that next, but I won't be doing that today. So we've done the Sabbath, and then we'll do Sabbath Keeping. I hope you're enjoying the reviews we're offering here, and I just pray that they'll be a blessing to your heart, they're a blessing to my heart as I review this. Let's have a word of prayer before we close. Father in heaven, we're just so thankful for your Sabbath day. We're thankful that we have an understanding of the Sabbath, that we can enjoy that day to its fullness. And we just pray that you will bless us with a deeper understanding of the Sabbath and that you will help us to keep it more holy. And then help us, Lord, and use us to bring others into an understanding of the Sabbath day, that they also, too, may enjoy its rich blessings and enjoy the fellowship with Jesus that we can especially have on that day. Be with us now, Lord, this day. Give us grace. Give us power. Help us to die to self and allow you to live your life out through us. In Jesus' name, amen.